Is it me? Am I the drama? I don't think I'm a drama. Smash. Susie. Wait, what, was, what was the game? No, I don't want to play any more games. I have done a lot of things in my past. I'm the monster. Hi, sisters. I did it. Hello and welcome to What's on Your Feed. My name is Henny Soy and I'm on Watch Up Noonga Budja. And I'm Rose Confetti on Gadigal Land. Oh, Rose, it is so lovely to be able to have a set time every week where we can just sit down with our various beverageinos oh, and yes. have an absolute bitch fest. And today, <laughs> that is the epitome of what we will be doing is big bitch time. <laughs> it really is. This week feels like exactly what our group chat is. I mean, by group chat, I mean you and I uh, discussing because reluctantly uh-huh. <laughs> we will be going through with our word to recap Shane Dawson's new series with Jeffrey Star. The first episode is out. Oh. We will be telling you what you did not miss <laughs> uh, on a much better and more interesting note. I'm going to recap the first episode of a new Glee podcast. Which See, I, this I uh, am excited for. <laughs> I have so much to tell you. And then finally, Henny, you're taking us back to the ancient platform mm-hmm. <laughs> of Facebook I know. to discuss a controversial Facebook post and I am so intrigued to see what this is about. I think this will get a lot of people going. It could be polarizing. Let, let's see. Let's see. But last week, Rose, we did ourselves dirty. Mm. We didn't know that we were going to be regretting <laughs> our decision to voluntarily recap Shane Dawson's return series to YouTube since 2019, first series back. First doco series back, yes, we should that's say. Right. Yes, um, he's done a few little videos here and there, but nothing to the extent of what he became quite um, famous for, which was exactly. following various internet stars. And he named this new series The New World of Jeffree Star. And Henny, should we start by discussing how little Jeffree Star was in the first episode? (laughs) (laughs) Despite it being called, this actual episode, which has a different name to the series, it's this episode is called The Cancelled World of Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson. I've added in brackets (laughs) shit. It is 53 minutes of the most boring content. I had to watch it at double speed, Rose. I was so bored. (laughs) I just kept skipping straight through different sections of the video because I was like, hurry the heck up, Shane. This is not information. The fact that, so basically, yeah, it's 53 minutes long. It's a lot of Shane just mucking about on a day in his life apparently, which Mm. I just, the whole premise of this episode seems to be, and correct me if I'm wrong because I did get very confused because it made no sense, (laughs) is that, Initially, Shane thought he'd film a day in the life, answer some questions, and then halfway through, and he wanted to make a series about something, but he didn't know what, so he thought, maybe I'll make it about myself. And then halfway through, they start paying attention to Jeffrey and say, we'll talk about Jeffrey and we'll do the Jeffrey stuff and make up whatever. If that was the case, if it was truly the case that halfway through filming a day in the life, you started getting a better idea, just stop. Move on to the better idea. You don't have to use all your footage. Exactly. You do not have to use all the footage. You, you've you nailed it, Rose. It was, I guess, the idea he started with was I'm going to do a day in my life. Except the day in the life of Shane Dawson 
is not interesting. So whether that would have been a video he released anyway back in 2020, this is old footage, Mm. it still would have been boring. Like regardless if he hadn't been cancelled, it's still boring. He does things like um, take his dogs to the vet vet and get puppuccinos. At one point his cameraman just looks for him across like his big grounds of a house in L.A., There was one reoccurring thing that he kept bringing up and that was that he didn't make as much money or nearly as much money as what people assumed he did on the conspiracy theory palette. The first palette did very well, but the cost of goods is crazy. So like, yes, the palette made like 30 million whatever dollars, but then the cost of goods was literally $20 million. So it's like, okay, take that away. And then after that, you know, it was all the people involved in the company. Then after that, like my my cut, my 25% or whatever it was, was after so many cuts. And then after that, and then I gave my coworker at the time 25% of what I made from it. So after all was said and done with taxes and everything, yeah, it was a great amount of money that I'm so blessed and proud of and so grateful for because it helped with getting this house in Colorado and, you know, but like, was it like I can retire now money? No. And it's like, he's explaining business to us. Like most mm. people I'm hoping would understand oh. how creating a product works in the sense that you need to outlay money on things. It just came across as so condescending mm. when coupled with the amount of ads on this video <laughs> specifically it opens with an ad for yeah. bedding i think there was an ad every five to ten minutes and there were two ads every mm. single time you couldn't skip them yeah a lot of it is filmed at shane and rylan's house which is huge insanely huge with a lake like <laughs> I don't cry me a river, Shane. I don't I know. care. He even says it's just all so cringy. He says that mm. he had he he goes, oh, it was enough money to buy a house. I think he bought a house for Ryland's parents, um, but not enough money to retire with. It's like for a lot of people, they will never be homeowners, Shane. Yeah. There's this bit that made me feel really weird, and I know you know we're talking about these creators and. Uh, you know, we potentially shouldn't even watch their videos depending on where you sit on cancellation Mm. culture and things. But they acknowledge a few times that both Shane and Jeffrey have been cancelled. But Mm. then Shane will like, uh, the at one point the camera guy goes, oh, are you still friends with Jeffrey? And Shane goes, of course I am. I'm loyal. And they talk about how they're still friends. Like it just completely disregards everything bad that both Mm. of them have done and Mm. he basically says like oh well we're still friends because of course we are and I should still make videos and make money because of course I should do you know what I mean like yes yes during this entire thing Shane just acts like a victim Mm. as well he is going about this day in the life sort of thing and wants to make himself the subject and he gets um, Ryland, who's his partner, um, Ryland's parents to interview him and ask him questions. And <laughs> initially they're kind of thrown off being like, oh, we don't have any questions for you. Yeah. And then they ask him a few things about being cancelled and Ryland's mum kind of gets a little bit angry because she wants to defend Shane and that sort of stuff. And it's clear that these people have their own narratives yeah. as to how Shane is a victim and all of this. It was just so toneless. And I don't think necessarily that it's a 
bad idea for their brand or whatever to make a video about. It's going to be about the new palette. Apparently there's this new palette we never saw and it's makeup palette and it's going to, they're going to explore it and talk about it and stuff. But that documentary in itself isn't necessarily a bad decision for them as a pair as creators in terms of like building back up their positive reputation. Mm. Why did they do all this other stuff? It didn't make sense. It made me annoyed. It made them look like they don't understand that they did anything wrong at any point. Mm-mm. I just don't get it. Yeah, it was just overall very confusing. As you touched on then, um, they were showing clips of a new palette that never got released, um, part two, conspiracy um, theory palette, whatever, part two. But on this palette, they're showing footage of it, Rose. Yeah. Do you think they're doing this because they're going to release the palette at the end of this series? Oh, I mean, yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are. There is no way. And they'll blame it on, oh, the fans really wanted us to. Mm. People in the comments I saw on TikTok, I saw some people or Instagram, I saw some people commenting, if you don't release the palette at the end of the series, I'm going to be so disappointed. Like, is this just an extended long ad? Yes. (laughs) I think the answer is yes. Now, the other question is, do we continue our recaps? (laughs) Do we want to sacrifice? I feel like we're going to have to keep an eye on it. Yes. Just in case there are any developments. But if not, maybe we could come back at the end of the series and just see if our prediction Mm. or your prediction is correct. Now, Henny, I also have another thing I'm going to recap for the group. This isn't a recap (laughs) podcast. It's just this week we have a few recaps. And the reason why we are recapping this week so much is because on TikTok I saw it announced that there would be a new Glee podcast and I got so excited. (laughs) I got so excited about it. I was thinking about how Glee has suddenly had a resurgence Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. um, its popularity. So many people are re-watching it and I think part of that is maybe to do with the rise of um, Leah Michelle again and all those sorts of things. And so I I know that you're recapping this Glee podcast. I've been avoiding everything. So I'm going to sit back and sip some juice and hopefully not spit it everywhere (laughs) if you (laughs) make me laugh at stuff that's coming up. Tell me everything. So the podcast is called And That's What You Really Missed, which Ooh. is a direct call back to Glee mm. where they used to go, and that's what you missed on Glee. Glee. And each week we're going to be joined by Artie and Tina from Glee, whose real names are Kevin McHale and Jenna Oshkowitz, and they are going to go and recap all six seasons of Glee. That's such a big commitment. I honestly don't think I would <laughs> commit to doing that. <laughs> I've rewatched it relatively recently, so I can confirm it is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so each week they're going to have a guest on and they'll be going through the episodes. Now, the very, very, very first episode, which had not that much to do with the pilot, <laughs> believe it or not, was actually with the creator of the show, Ryan Murphy. It basically felt like group therapy (laughs) because it was the three of them talking about what actually happened when the show launched, what happened before the show started, the fame that came and how so much of it was completely unexpected. So basically 
Before it even started, Kevin and Jenna were talking about how the show has this new perspective now and basically kind of alluded to the fact that maybe the show aged poorly sometimes. So they're mm-hmm. like getting context for all the new fans is kind of the vibe that I got. Now, the first bit of tea that has been circulating the internet is that the iconic role of Mr. Shu was supposed to be a meth addict. Oh, my God, no. And was written for Justin Timberlake. That makes so much sense. It makes me laugh so hard. But the context around everyone talking about this is that when Ryan Murphy wanted to create a new TV show, he'd come off the back of Nip Tuck, which was pretty successful. He had basically said to, I don't know, I don't know all the terms for all the people in the industry. He said to the person saying, do you want to make create a show? He said, I want to do a musical. They said, no way. Now he was in the gym and someone came up to him and I'm assuming this is like a industry people gym because in the regular gym people don't do this. Someone (laughs) gave him a script. Interesting. And that script was for Glee but it was really, really, really dark and so Mm. it was written to have Mr. Shu, the teacher, be both a meth addict and touch the kids. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm really glad that the show (laughs) didn't go down that route. So am I. (laughs) And so Ryan Murphy worked with this guy and said, let's make it brighter, let's make it lighter, Mm -hmm. and it became the glee that we know today. And when it was greenlit, really interestingly, they made the first 13 episodes completely in a vacuum. It was before it came out at all. So they were making this show and had no idea that it was going to get massive and within the first few episodes it became this absolute phenomenon. Mm. Uh, Another little tidbit that got me a little intrigued was that the role of Sue Sylvester wasn't originally in the script. Oh, Sue, I think, makes about 80% of the humour in the Mm -hmm, show. mm -hmm, So I'm glad mm -hmm. that she was an addition. (laughs) Yeah, well, they realised there was no villain, so they had to create a villain. (laughs) They created Sue Sylvester and they did it with Jane Lynch in mind. Oh, that's so perfect. I know. In some of the tea that came out as well, Dalton Academy, so that's the school that... The Warblers. Look at me recalling this off my head. (laughs) Studied it hard. The Warblers nearly had its own spin-off. I would have liked that. Mm Mm-hmm. In terms of the music, they talked about how Glee was really topping the charts as all of their songs came out, and I totally remember this, the top of the iTunes charts, you see all the Glee songs, and it turned out artists were sending the show music. So Lady Gaga sent Ryan and Brad, the two writers on the the two kind of showrunners, the Born This Way album <gasps> to put on the show. Not going to lie that all their Lady Gaga covers kind of slap. <laughs> They really do. This makes sense. There was a lot of thought and consideration. Finally, I will leave you with the moment that Kevin said was his breaking point, which quote, (laughs) which I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said everyone else broke much before he did. But his breaking point of how weird the show got was when (laughs) they had to do what does the fox say? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought <laughs> that would break you. So apparently in that episode, if you watch it carefully, you could see Kevin McHale look at the screen and just really look like, what the fuck am I doing on this show? <laughs> I actually left out quite a lot. So if you're interested in the nuts and bolts as to how Glee was made, about the relationships between kind of the people who were making the show and how Ryan Murphy was kind of an up-and-coming, like, 
gay showrunner and in that time, it was 2009, it was a hard time to be trying to do that. Go and listen to the podcast. I'm probably not going to keep recapping it, but if you DM me, I'll chat to you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Rose, I don't know if we have ever spoken <laughs> about our Facebook feeds. I mean, we no. sometimes mention that, you know, we, we, we still use Facebook. We keep an eye on on things, but it's really not a platform that our um, generation makes content for anymore. No, no, there's no. Remember when people were Facebook famous? Yes. <laughs> it, I, I've really missed, though, the the arguments on Facebook. Oh. I really I never get into them myself, but I, I love a good Facebook comment section. You can mm-hmm. find me enjoying that. And this particular post that I'm going to tell you about popped up on my feed because one of my friends commented on it. Now let me read you this post. It's from a random bakery <laughs> in Australia. Great start. And the caption says You've spoken and our team have been working hard to deliver. We're so glad to introduce you to a low gluten option Wednesday to Friday each week. These low gluten specials during the week are made with gluten-free ingredients. However, as they are made in our pastry kitchen, there may be traces of gluten. And then you know how people sometimes make a meme out of like holding up a sign that's kind of... I'll put an example on our Instagram. It will like have a saying on it and it's kind of like shady. It'll be like, shut up about this or mm, sh- mm, this, mm. this someone outside of this bakery holding up a sign saying, we get it, you're gluten, gluten-free. That's very Facebook argument. Why are we spending time on this kind of vibe? <laughs> yeah, so they, they attach that to their post about making things gluten, low gluten, not gluten-free. Okay, okay. Now, can you imagine... <laughs> The comment section. <laughs> At a bakery, no less. Oh, my Home goodness. Home of gluten. Birthplace of gluten. I think any time you want to talk about people's dietary requirements, it's <sighs> going to be a heated conversation. Yeah. yeah. And people were really going in in the comments. <laughs> Some people said, luckily I'm only gluten intolerant Wednesday to Friday. <laughs> <laughs> And also, can I just point out on this post, the the bakery has said, you've spoken and we've been working hard to deliver. People have been asking for this. Yes, they've been asking for gluten-free and they've said, yes, low gluten, let's do it. We'll use low gluten ingredients, whatever that means. And I get that they're trying to be in line with celiac requirements. Mm. Mm. However, it's, yeah, it's not landing where it they wanted this to go judging Mm. by the comments someone else said cool didn't choose the gluten-free life but way to make me feel (laughs) tiny and problematic also couldn't eat there as it's not safe so may as well continue on being a standard bakery (sighs) oh no people are very upset another person said "Ooh, this post is not it i'm not celiac or gluten-free however the people i know who would literally kill to be normal food this is a slap in the face oh yeah and then there are a few people coming to their defense one person said to all those with celiac disease who are cranky with this bakery the 
Richard Post clearly and rightly states that the products will not be safe for you. They are catering to those whose level of intolerance to gluten may allow them to tolerate cross-contamination. They are catering to those who choose to exclude or reduce gluten or other for other health issues. And that is okay. <laughs> what is not okay is the sign. It is patronizing and insinuating they do gluten-free when they do not. Well-meaning non-CD, I, I guess that means uh, celiac disease, people may purchase for celiac friends believing the product to be safe when it isn't. This is what needs to be fixed. I have celiac disease and I applaud this bakery for being transparent. But at the end of the day, it is always up to us to ascertain if what we are purchasing is safe for us. So thank you, Lynn, for that comment. That was didn't really put, put a lot of energy in that. And I get what she's saying, you know, yeah. the, the sign itself, um, you know, the woman holding up the sign, the picture that's attached to the status says, we get it, you're gluten-free, which is, you know, kind of taking a riff on people, I guess, talking too much about being gluten-free yeah, um, and taking the piss out of them. But I have not seen a Facebook comment section get so spicy. <sighs> now, the thing is, is that celiac disease is a very serious disease yeah. and people who eat gluten who, are, um, who have celiac get incredibly ill. Yeah. As much as I hate to agree with any kind of Facebook comments <laughs> or get involved, I think there really is a case to be made for the fact that there's such a big difference between celiac certified, so mm. somewhere that is entirely gluten-free for people who cannot have any kind of gluten versus being somewhere that o- offers gluten-free options that may have contaminants which are Mm. only suitable for again another small portion of people who maybe aren't celiac but are proper intolerant i think what gets confusing with stuff like this is why are you doing it who are you catering Mm. to Mm. and why did they bother with making such a big song and dance about it if you're not actually catering like someone who is celiac can't come in and buy the thing it's, conf- I just. It is confusing. Just, it's a perfect example of why I don't play with fire on Facebook and with people's food. Yes, exactly. I think anytime you get food involved, people are going to be upset. And I think it's just the contradiction of the message as well. It's saying mm. we listened and we're doing low gluten options. Mm. What's interesting is usually when companies cop a lot of, you know, flack on their posts or things get really heated, Mm. they will take down the post. This post is still up and it was posted six days ago from the time of recording, so I'm assuming it's going to be staying up. If you Mm. want to go have a look, it's The Baker's Duck on Facebook and it's got 2,000 reactions and almost 2,000 comments. It just, it doesn't really matter who's right or wrong in this situation. It's just, it's just uh, Facebook comments are gross, no matter what the topic. If you would like to join the debate, oh. <laughs> you head over to our Instagram, what's on your feed pod. I will post a screenshot of the Facebook post and I would love your comments, especially mm. people who, um, if you are celiac, how do you feel about that? What do you think of the term of low gluten? Are we just completely is it useful or is it stupid? Yeah, and is it a widely used term and we're just not aware? How do you feel about cafes or um, bakeries only doing options Wednesday to Friday? We'd love to hear people's perspectives. Mm, mm. Is it useful or useless? 
<laughs> Nailed it, as always. Yes. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode of What's on Your Feed. See you then.